The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. The Gospel is printed on the back of your bulletin, or you can follow along in your pew bottle Bibles on page 862. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Our preaching text today comes to us from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Word of God, word of life. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, as I mentioned already, we begin our new series for the summer on the book of Hebrews. And it's a bit of a mystery as to who wrote this book, who its audience was, or even when it was written. And we don't exactly know where it was written either. So basically, everything that we would normally use to give us some context and insight to this message, we have no idea. Uh, so as we journey through this book, uh, it will become a little bit more clear uh, who the author is addressing. Uh, the writer is talking to their community and congregation. And we'll learn this as we go through, uh, through the book through three glimpses into their life. First, where we begin today, the readers begin their faith journey on a high point. They have a vivid sense of the goodness of the gospel and the power of God's spirit working in their lives. Second, their newfound faith created tension with others who didn't share their beliefs. They found others marginalizing them and acting with hostility. But that negative social pressure made their Christian community all the more important, and the congregation pulled together. But then, as the book goes on, that sense of community faded. The gospel initially seemed glorious, but congregational life fell far short of the kingdom of God, and now they face the challenge of indifference. Things are dull and sluggish. The congregation is declining, not because of major conflict, but out of neglect of the gospel. And so I invite you as we go through this series to uh, go home and read the parts that are in between our Sunday lessons, right? Those will give you a richer picture of what we're doing uh, together. 
So the challenge of the author is to reinvigorate a congregation that is faltering and discouraged. And so the writer begins with this uh, description that rekindles the imagination, beginning with Jesus. Because Jesus is going to be the path, as well as the end point of this journey through Hebrews. These opening verses remind the Christian audience what they already know. The original hearers, we assume, had a Jewish background, and they would know that God spoke to their ancestors through the prophets. They would also be aware that their identity as Christians stems from God reaching out to them in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God's own Son. But it seems that they need to connect with these truths once again, maybe even jolted out of their ordinary routines as they hear that big cosmic scope of who Jesus is and what Jesus is all about again. And maybe this is the perfect time and season for us to explore Hebrews as well. Because we are familiar with Jesus and the prophets. We also know that our identity stems from God reaching out to us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yet... Maybe, just maybe, we're a little bit apathetic, or bored, or even complacent. Things might feel dull and sluggish in our faith life. Congregations across the nation are in decline, and we just can't figure out why people don't want to join us on Sunday morning. We need some new energy, a new perspective, and a new vision. And so the author of Hebrews prompts us toward this by focusing on God's methods of communication, the primary one being God's word made flesh, Jesus the Christ. The writer's opening lines encompass the son's inheritance of all things and his activity at creation. We heard about it beautifully in Tom's song this morning. The writer of Hebrews will not let the reader's imaginations remain impoverished with a Christ that is too small. In a few short lines, we hear powerful, soaring truths about Christ. God is committed to pursuing relationships with fallible human beings, people that make mistakes over and over again. Hebrews 1, 1 through 2 shows God's initiative across the centuries to speak with people. And this communication is key to establishing and maintaining relationship. God reaches out to us again and again, despite our own wavering faith. God is also faithful to God's promises. Throughout the prophets and scripture, God promised a Messiah, and God fulfilled this promise. And by exalting Jesus from death to God's own presence as an heir of all things, God also fulfilled that promise that an heir of David would inherit the nation, something we heard about in our psalm this morning. God can be trusted to follow through on the promises that God's people are still waiting to be fulfilled. Jesus has dealt with sin once and for all. Temptations to go our own way instead of the way of Jesus and the cross still loom. They are still present in our life of faith but Jesus, both the high priest and the ultimate sacrifice, has purified us from sin once for all. Since Jesus lived not only divine, but also as fully human, he understands our weaknesses 
so that we can boldly approach for help in our times of need. And he continues to sustain all things. Jesus leads the way on our pilgrimage. Jesus' obedience to God on earth, even during his suffering, makes him our forerunner. We'll hear more about this in the next week. Who helps us persevere in the goal of eternal salvation. The one through whom God created the universe is both the pioneer of our faith and the one who perfected our faith. And so we can look to Jesus to follow in the midst of joy and hardship. And lastly, God is greater than we can envision. All of this packed in just one sentence of four verses. Human capacity to understand God is limited, but these verses give us a glimpse of God's glory by lifting us from the mundane to where Christ shares God's own life, exalted above the angels. The same Christ who lived on earth as a human being, revealing to us exactly who God is. The extraordinary God, higher than the angels, is the same one who meets us in our very ordinary lives. And so we will go on this journey together, exploring these promises in the next few weeks. We follow Jesus from death to glorious life, from making purification for sins through his suffering and death to a place above the angels. For a moment, we are taken out of the ordinariness of our own situation as we follow Christ into the presence of God. We are drawn into the presence of God in worship, and we continue this journey as we go out from this place. Because once we are in the presence of God, we are reoriented to the newness of life that comes through Christ. And our perception changes about the lives that we live now. Because in Jesus, like I talked about with the kids, we have the exact imprint of God. We see the image of that invisible God. We look at Jesus, his life, his teaching, his mercy, his justice, and we can be confident that we are seeing the true image of God. We see Jesus embracing the ones that nobody else would embrace. We see him confronting the religious people with the falseness of their self-righteousness. We see him forgiving sinners and restoring people to their right mind. We see him teaching people to follow the commandments by loving God wholeheartedly and loving others sincerely. And here's the other thing that we rediscover in the presence of God. We, too, are bearers of this image. We share this identity as child of God because of our baptisms. So what we, when we see God in Jesus, what we see Jesus doing is what we are also called to. We are called to proclaim this in word and deed with our own lives and our own actions, attempting at our best to reflect the image of God to one another. And this requires some imagination. It requires us to think differently about what this looks like, not only for our own lives and the new beginnings that come for ourselves, but the new beginnings that come for our neighbors. It gives us a new perspective on those neighbors. How can we live in a way that proclaims in word and deed to all people this image of God? What does that look like for our LGBTQ neighbors or our black and brown neighbors 
or our incarcerated neighbors, or our immigrant neighbors, or even just the neighbors we don't like very much because we don't agree with them. As we reorient ourselves through the lenses of God's perspective and, all, and the newness of life that comes through Christ, we discover that we might also be the target of this book that we might be modern-day Hebrews, walking alongside exemplars from the past and the present, while also paving paths for those of the future. It may feel like a wilderness. We may not know where to turn or what is coming next. But even so, we are called to remain faithful, strengthened by this example of Christ, and confident of those promises that his work secure so that we can go out and reflect God's image and God's glory and God's love and God's faithfulness to all the world, to all of our neighbors, to all people, because God has empowered us to do so. As we journey through this series together this summer, may our faith be rekindled by the word as we follow the word made flesh. Amen.